0: Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, a full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission, and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info.
1: Ah, you know, the the party of... I'm not sure how to even describe them any longer, but I was looking at... um, the news briefly last night just before i put my head on the pillow the only reason was i was waiting for my husband to come home he had to go somewhere and um you know if i'm just waiting i'll actually turn the tv on so it's not so quiet um and they the story broke about this uh patty murray the senator from washington who literally blocked a senate bill that would require doctors to give aid to babies who survived abortions. Um, She objected to the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, and her one vote was enough to prevent the Senate from passing the bill in a unanimous consent vote. Um, You know, help me understand this, okay? I mean Senator Ben Sass, the Republican from um where is he from? Nebraska. He wanted a unanimous consent vote after we all were subjected to that incredible video and audio that came from our sister station WTOP where Governor Ralph Northam, prior to being found out to uh, you know, have posed for a picture in a hood or in a blackface or whatever the the story is he he's a pediatrician a pediatric neurologist mind you and he made these comments saying that uh, you don't object to letting an infant die after it's born that he said that a born alive infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired in other words the doctor had um who has taken a Hippocratic oath, although when my daughter graduated medical school, you know they were dispensing with the Hippocratic oath or rewriting it or something because you know this new age of uh, you know no no life really matters um, the the He said that the infant wouldn't be re- resuscitated, you know, so this was a no brainer. Let's pass a resolution he said a unanimous consent vote. Defending the right of the unborn. And, I mean, he just passed a resolution, um, a month ago, or not even a month ago, it was a couple of weeks ago, defending the Knights of Columbus, because they were attacked, um, even though they do all kinds of good work, because they were a Catholic organization, and a judge couldn't be fair, and blah, 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 all this nonsense. And that passed unanimously, okay, that resolution. But for some reason, um, even appealing to the conscience of the entire Senate saying just a few years ago, the abortion lobby was really clear in its talk about hoping abortion would be safe, legal, and rare. Now we're talking about keeping the baby comfortable while the doctors have a debate about infanticide. You're either for babies or you're for defending infanticide. I mean, that seems pretty easy to me. Matter of fact, I have a guest on tomorrow at... uh Twelve thirty. um i put the video up last week of abe hamilton don't kill the babies you know and he'll be my guest tomorrow and you know the, so this was a no-brainer right the senate should pass this overwhelmingly and instead senator murray objected she said quote, this is a gross misinterpretation of the actual language of the bill that is being asked to be considered, and therefore I object. So Senator Joni Ernst from Iowa responded, and she said there is nothing great, there is nothing moral, or even humane about the discussion that we have before us today. Over the past week, we have witnessed the absolutely ugly truth about the far reaching grasp of the abortion industry and its increasingly radicalized political agenda. Politicians have not only defended aborting a child while a woman is in labor, but have gone so far as to support the termination of a child after his or her birth. A child, a baby. Rationality, decency, and basic human compassion have fallen by the wayside. And then, of course, the majority leader, Senator Mitch, I need more power, McConnell, will have to gauge whether to call later for a roll call vote, said the act was, quote, legislation that ought to be the very definition of something that receives unanimous consent in this body. It's harrowing that this legislation is even necessary. It was even more disturbing when last week a Democrat governor was unable to simply state that, of course, of course, these newborn babies have human rights that must be respected. It's not likely that the House version of the bill would pass in the Democrat controlled House if even allowed to be voted on. This Is despite the fact that the Born Alive Infants Protection Act, which defines infant survivors of abortion as human beings, entitled to all the rights in the U.S. Constitution, was passed by both Democrats and Republicans in 2002 and signed into law by then President George W. Bush. In 2015, only five House Democrats supported the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, when, which then President Barack Obama said would have a quote chilling effect on access to care. They they're soulless. Okay, that's all I can say. This is this is a side of the abortion issue that we've not confronted before. You know, I lived through, on the air, through the um, late-term abortion debate. Um, there was a lot of of controversy, a lot of, of hysteria. You know, some pretty ugly things were going on in the debate and in the discussion. Uh, I remember a friend of mine was actually uh, on the air when someone walked into the studio with a fetus in a jar. You know, some things are, uh, just, they're just too important to ignore. And I think that, uh, what makes everybody so uncomfortable about what Patty Murray did was that if we become a society where innocent life is not, um, safe, then we're not a society at all. You know, we're not a civilized society in any case. You know, this is the same group of people, when you look at the um, Cuomo governor, Cuomo in New York, um, this is the same person who argues against a death penalty for murderers and yet has no problem signing a bill would which would essentially allow a doctor... And a, and a patient to commit murder of a of a child, an, a born child, not an unborn child. I mean, because you know, I get sick and tired of hearing all the words, the fetus, the blastocysts, the this, the that. I tell you something, my son sent me a to three sonogram pictures yesterday of my unborn grandson in the womb, and when I looked at those pictures. And this peanut is not even a pound yet, okay? He's got eyes. He's got fingers. He's got a heart that beats. He, he is a baby that is growing inside of its mother. He's not a, a conglomeration of cells. He's not a blastocyst. He is a boy. And the idea, and and he could not survive on the outside right now, but the idea that in four or five months from now, my grandson should be negotiable, his life should be negotiable, is anathema to morality. Any morality that I, I know these are things that we should not be, as a civilized society, arguing about. And this was a no-brainer. This should have passed with unanimous consent. And I think that Patty Murray will will rue the day or regret the day that she made that decision to, to uh, stand in the way of a consent decree from our Senate that represents us, that babies that are born have all the human rights of any other human being in the United States of America. What, what's wrong with the country when they are more concerned with the rights of non-citizens than they are with an actual American baby? Uh, you, you know, all this politics... That's not what's, what's going to determine the fate of America. We won't live or die by the sword. We'll live and die by our own immorality. That's what's bringing us to our knees. And people like Patty Murray, you know, we don't do scarlet letters anymore. But I venture to say I will never forget this decision she made today
0: summarize for us if you would what looks like a hit by NBC News on Tulsi Gabbard right so they claimed in a screaming headline that predictably went viral that she was the Kremlin's favorite candidate one of the reporters who wrote the story tweeted that they the Kremlin has a crush on tulsi gabbard something that if it were about a democratic favorite would be denounced not just as adolescent but also sexist yes and of course this is all part of the broader context where the democratic party has this maniacal obsession with russia if you try and debate anything with them about the war in Syria or the ongoing viability of NATO or troops in Afghanistan. They just start babbling about the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin and accusing you of being a Russian agent. It's like some kind of like neural malfunction or or a mania at this point. And what's amazing is doing this to Tulsi Gabbard, she was a Democratic star just four years ago when she was first elected. MSNBC said the first Asian woman elected to the, Demo- to, the, to the Senate to the House in U.S. history. She's an Iraq war veteran on the fast track to They made her a vice chairwoman of the Democratic National Committee and now suddenly they're smearing her as an asset of the Kremlin using extremely dubious journalistic tactics for which NBC has become notorious on behalf of both the CIA and and the DNC.
1: Yeah, well, and and it's crazy when you think about it. Tulsi Gabbard, I mean, she's a pretty... uh, Interesting character, not only a military background, but um, for coming out of Hawaii. And the they, they NBC News actually published a story on Friday claiming that experts who track websites and social media linked to Russia have seen stirrings of a possible campaign of support for Hawaii Democrat Tulsi Gabbard. The only expert that was cited in support of this claim was the firm New Knowledge. Oh, oh, wasn't that the firm that just got caught by the New York Times making up Russian troll accounts on behalf of the Democratic Party in the Alabama Senate race to manufacture the false accusations that the Kremlin was interfering in that election? And then to justify its claim that uh, Gabbard is the Kremlin's candidate, NBC said... Analysts at New Knowledge, the company the Senate Intelligence Committee used to to track Russian activities in the 2016 election, told NBC News they've spotted, quote, chatter related to Gabbard in anonymous online message boards, including those known for fomenting right-wing troll campaigns. What NBC amazingly concealed is a fact that reveals its article to be a journalistic fraud. The same firm, this new knowledge, was caught just six weeks ago in a massive scam to create fictitious Russian troll accounts on Facebook and Twitter in order to claim that the Kremlin was working to defeat Doug Jones in Alabama. When the New York Times exposed the scam, huh, apparently that wasn't enough to uh, sway them from using them as a source. Enjoy Friday
0: night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional. Serve from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers, on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information.
1: The scope of the abuse of nuns first came to light with the publication at the beginning of February of the monthly magazine
0: women's church world
1: oh thank you You found the article the edition included Francis's own take on the scandal which apparently has long been known about by the Vatican but virtually never discussed had you ever heard of this
0: there's been suspicions of it for years of
1: of Sex slavery of nuns?
0: Well, raping of nuns, yeah. I've been reading articles. Recently, it's been coming out a lot more as I kind of check in and out of it.
1: I have never heard this before. I've heard about priests having affairs with women, priests having uh, homosexual affairs. But I never heard of bishops and priests that had sexual slaves uh, called nuns.
0: Well, I don't know about this. I've been hearing about rapes and, and abortions. Really? Yeah.
1: Um, The edition included Francis' own take on the scandal in which he blamed the unchecked power wielded by priests and higher clergy across the Catholic Church for such crimes. An AP journalist who first reported on the scandal last year asked Pope Francis on his flight home from the Arabian Peninsula today whether enough was being done by the church hierarchy to address the problem. The pontiff conceded that it was a problem and said more action was needed. He said the problem was not new and that the church had been working to address it for some time. What? What? I'm still like... A papal spokesperson confirmed later to CBS News that the order of nuns that was dissolved under Benedict who apparently had the courage to dissolve a female congregation because this slavery of women had entered it, slavery even to the point of sexual slavery, that the order of nuns that was dissolved under Benedict, as the Pope prior to this Pope, was the community of Saint Jean in France. The reason the order was dissolved had not previously been made public. Back in 2005, the first year Pope Benedict served as the head of the church, um, and Pope Francis said that he was a man who had the courage to do many things on this topic. What? Somebody help me. And then this guy, Francis, told reporters that the church shouldn't be scandalized by this, adding that there are steps in a process and we are working on it. Shouldn't be scandalized on this? The abuse of nuns comes after years of revelations of clergy abusing children, mostly boys, in their congregations across the globe and senior clergy members covering up these crimes. Pope Francis warned that expectations for an upcoming landmark Vatican summit on clergy sexual abuse should be deflated. As the problem was unlikely to be resolved through it, so he's lowering expectations on what the church is going to do. In spite of a string of revelations about the church covering this stuff up, I, you know, I'm sorry, I really am. I'm sorry, but that I, I never have, uh, you know, done a full court press like a lot of people in uh, in in on the air in media. Um, about the Catholic Church because I believe there's always going to be sexual uh, abuse and sexual scandals everywhere and every time, but this seems a little like over the top, right? How does that happen? How do you have sexual slaves, you know, being abused by clergy who are nuns? I I mean... (laughs) I'm going to have to take some time to wrap my mind around this. I just saw the headline and it was enough to, you know, to to send me crazy. Government workers busted as they got on a cruise ship here at the port of Miami to sell drugs. Two government contractors from D.C. were intercepted by federal agents on uh, Sunday as they tried to board a cruise ship with an array of drugs they planned on selling to passengers. (laughs) Their downfall, according to police, intercepted emails in which the two discussed their plan on government-issued computers. Police said both men were government contractors, though their arrest reports don't say which agency employed them. The Homeland Security special agent who intercepted the emails said their strategy was to smuggle the narcotics into the ship and distribute it once on board the ship. What's happening to my country? I mean, this is just one headline after another. You know, uh, and, and... the stories just get worse and worse and worse. And that's why I say, you know, this is a moral crisis in America. Forget about, um, you know, pol- political crises. Forget about people who are uh, racist or not racist or pose for racist pictures and or, or sexually assaulted. Forget all that stuff and really start looking at the big picture of how we don't have any boundaries anymore any morality imagine you're sitting at a government computer and you're sending emails back and forth about selling narcotics on a cruise ship i wouldn't send that kind of email on a you know on any employer's computer would you never mind a government computer i i just uh i don't know I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I keep reading these kinds of uh, diminishing of values, and it's no surprise to me that we are are having the problems that we're having in society. It's not racism. It's immorality. It's not, uh, you know, the Me Too movement. It's it's just rampant immorality. People have been living like there's no God for so long that – you just have to throw your hands up sometimes. I mean, sex slaves in the church. Government workers selling drugs on cruise ships. And that's just two recent headlines, right? You know, uh, the the list goes on and on and on. That's why when I see, uh, you know, Maxine Waters uh, stomping around screaming, turn your TV off during the State of the Union address, I wanna, I wanna throw up, you know. Maybe instead of uh, encouraging people to not be civic-minded, you ought to work on improving the perception that people have of their government, government, including you. Did have some military drills that rocked downtown Los Angeles. They had all kinds of weapon simulations. My son told me about this. That stuff scares me. Remember when they did it in Fort Lauderdale, and all of a sudden you got all those helicopters riding and whatnot. Uh, apparently Monday night, what they uh, there were a lot of people complaining on social media. I was texting with my son, and he said, "Whoa, there's something going on." And I said, "Well, what what do you mean? There's something going on?" He goes, "I don't know. There's like all these like armed vehicles uh, going downtown." It was part of a. US army training exercise involving aircraft and weapon simulations in urban settings and they they told them that this is going to run through Saturday in LA and Long Beach kind of scary and they're supposed to notify residents before this stuff happens but they don't didn't notify um Anybody that we know of, my son was like on Twitter trying to figure out what was going on. Members of the U.S. Army will conduct military training in the greater L.A. and Long Beach areas February 4th through the 9th. The purpose of the training is to enhance soldier skills by operating in various urban environments and settings. This training is coordinated with the appropriate state, county, and city officials, as well as private property owners. Safety precautions have been implemented to prevent... Unnecessary risks to both participants and or area residents and property. What about all the homeless people living in Los Angeles? How do you think they're going to take it when the uh, the black helicopters come swooping in? They're paranoid enough. They hear voices coming out of, uh, you know, out of benches, out of park benches. And now they got uh, special forces and helicopters flying overhead. I could just see the uh, psychiatric wards of every major hospital in Los Angeles, Right. Lord have mercy. These are the days, as they say. All right, we're going to take our final break and then I'll come back and I'm going to give you my little uh, prelim to the State of the Union address and what I think you will hear and what I'm afraid you won't hear tonight. The uh, Texas state troopers are sending 500 to assist the, uh, the Border Patrol. At Eagle Pass, the Piedras Negras border, numerous units of the Texas Department of Public Safety are on their way to Eagle Pass. Many have already arrived to assist with the current situation at the border. Uh, Apparently, you know, that crisis that isn't a crisis, um, apparently has become a crisis at Eagle Pass and which on the up other side of the border from from uh, Piedras Negras, which is black rock on the Mexican side. Video recorded on the highway show that a significant amount of people are attempting to cross the border here. I wonder what they consider a significant amount. We know there were 12,000 in this particular caravan. I wonder what qualifies as a, quote, significant amount. 2,000? 5,000? 8,000? I don't know. One thing I did want to remind everybody um, is we now have a commissioner of agriculture by the name of Nikki Freed and a deputy commissioner of agriculture by the name of Mary Bars Flores. They have taken over the administration of of the uh, Concealed Weapons and Firearms Licensing Program because that falls under the Division of Licensing at the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. And as of, uh, you know, the most recent statistic, 2.1 million uh, firearms license holders exist in this state. And if you believe uh the media, you would think that Commissioner Freed Is hell bent on destroying the licensing program or that her newly hired deputy commissioner Flores might be planning to take a wrecking ball to our concealed weapons, uh, licensure. But let me remind you about one thing. I don't care how committed, uh, deputy commissioner Flores is or how, um, determined the, the the commissioner of agriculture, Nikki Freed is. Don't be fooled. They have to uphold the Constitution and the law. They can't use their personal political philosophies to retool or to dismantle a program that's governed by the Florida Constitution and the United States Constitution and by the law. Even, uh, you know, her campaign, if you followed Nikki Fried, she campaigned on fixing the problems with the program, not on destroying it. And I would welcome any efforts to fix any real problems, but they better be real problems, not imagined and not manufactured problems, like the ones you're hearing about on the on the news and the local news. I, you know, down in Broward, I don't see the same news that my colleagues here in Palm Beach see. I, I get to watch the Broward news, and oh, they've been just frantic. Um, they, they're they going to take away everybody's concealed weapons license. It's going to be more hard to get one. It, it, you know, listen, that's we'll find out. But the CW licensing program is not a political football. OK, it's a program that facilitates the constitutional right to keep and bear arms and the constitutional right of self-defense. Over two million license holders. You know, that's a lot of people to have to answer to. It's probably the biggest voting block. Uh, of all in Florida and i believe that uh, that commissioner freed is going to uh administer the licensing program fairly and without any kind of political prejudice just the same as a person who's pro gun should do that you know that's like when they talk about supreme court justices and they say well you got to have a litmus test and they can't be for this or they can't be against that that's not true I don't care what their personal feelings are. When you are elected to an office like Commissioner of Agriculture in the state of Florida, you are required to um, conduct business according to the Constitution. You don't get to say, well, I uh, I don't like it, so I'm going to change it. It doesn't work like that. And I don't believe that uh, Nikki Freed is going to try that. No. I, I really don't. I'm, I'm I've been wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong on this one. And I am going to hold her feet to the fire. Plus, you got Marion Hammer down here with the uh, Florida NRA. I, uh, I assure you that they will be watching very carefully. If they want a war with uh, the NRA and they want a war with concealed weapons license holders in the state of Florida, they're not going to win that war. That's just not going to happen. Not in this state anyway. So that's that. That's the story for all the people who have been emailing me and going, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Have you ever heard what Nikki Freed says and what she wants and the new deputy commissioner? I have you know, been following it very carefully and I'm not scared. I don't get scared.